Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. A Dear Media original podcast. Today's episode is brought to us by Seed. I am a big fan of the Seed DS01 Daily Symbiotic. And I was thinking about it in terms of habit stacking. It's this idea that you can build a major habit by thinking about things small enough to get you started so it's not so overwhelming. So I have a client right now who really wants to take good care, but she forgets to take supplements. She forgets to take her probiotic. And she is someone that's always at her desk, but she's always drinking her tea. So we had her put her probiotic bottle right next to her tea. And every time she takes a sip, she remembers that it could be a good time to take her probiotic. And she has been so much more consistent with it. And the thing about it is gut health really does translate to overall health. And taking a daily probiotic is incredibly helpful. And it is great to pair it with something that you're already doing and feeling really good about. So it's a no brainer for you. A daily probiotic is the one supplement that I do not forget. It is so important and I really do it to protect my gut lining and have that good bacteria diversity. It is so helpful for overall health. Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic is a plant-based prebiotic and probiotic with 24 strains that have been clinically or scientifically studied for its benefits. All the things that you really care about, they have thought about. There are no binders, no preservatives, and it is Prop 65 compliant. I like doing two capsules once a day on an empty stomach. Some people do it first thing in the morning, which would be like 30 minutes before your first meal. I actually like to do it at the end of the day, right before I go to sleep, because that's how I remember to do it. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash instincts and use the code instincts to redeem 30% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash instincts and use the code instincts. Hi, welcome to Good Instincts. I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. Join me every Monday through Friday for bite-sized episodes designed to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. This should feel good, like really good. And it will, I promise. 
today, I am so excited to speak to my guest. It's Tiffany Thiessen. She is the author of the new book, Here We Go Again. I feel like people are going to absolutely love this. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. So you've done a bunch of cookbooks, but this one I'm really excited about because it really goes along with a bunch of themes from the show, which is that like people want to know what to do with leftovers. I think it's a Mm -hmm. really cool concept and I haven't really seen it. So will you tell me like, what is your excitement about leftovers? Where does it come from? And like, tell me a little bit about the book. Well, there's a couple stories behind the book. The initial sort of idea was just the way I was brought up. My mom really was the creative person in the kitchen, always trying to kind of get our food to stretch throughout the week. You know, my dad was working two jobs. We didn't have a ton of money. And so my mom was always trying to figure out like the chicken we made for Monday. What are we going to make it into the leftovers on Wednesday? Just to really kind of push the food through and get it to last as long as possible, raising three kids, you know, uh, on a very limited budget. And so I think during COVID too, when we weren't going to the grocery store as often, right? We were like afraid to go to the grocery store. So we were really kind of limiting ourselves to how many times we go and shop. It kind of put me back into that sort of childhood, like Mm. sort of way that my mom was doing things. And I was like, you know, there's something to be said about really trying to get our food to last and and also really teach my kids about wasting, right? And and it also was really funny because my husband, funny enough, hates leftovers. Like, oh, like he's like the anti-leftover. So it was one of those things where I was like, you know what? I'm gonna teach my husband as well as give a really valuable lesson to my children about food waste because that's the other side of it, right? Like food waste is one of the biggest contributors to global warming. We waste about 40% of food coming from the farm to the table. And that's a huge amount. So I really wanted to create a book that really kind of honed in on easy ways to use food that you had either in your fridge or pantry. It didn't have to be just like your leftover, you know, enchiladas that you got from the Mexican restaurant down the street. I'm talking about food that you have in your fridge, in your pantry. And I really wanted to create a book that would help people with that. And that's where it kind of came from. I love that so much. I love that so much for a couple of reasons. One, it doesn't even matter who you are. I think, A, this idea of cooking once, eating thrice, or like having food and then being able to make it into a couple of different things. Also, mm-hmm. just like being able to quickly doctor up something so that you're not eating the same thing over and over again is such a nice thing. But beyond that, of course, your message is just like, it's really nice. And it's something that I think so many people can relate to. And I was, I was like looking through it and looking through what you'd been talking talking about recently. And I feel like there's also this thing with my clients and my friends where we're like, oh, we have a carrot, like carrots that are going bad or kale that's going bad. Mm-hmm. Tell us kind of some of your scrappy hacks for how you're going to handle things that are like on their way out. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The way that I've broken my sort of cookbook up is into chapters for that very reason. So like if you had vegetables that are starting to go bad or fruit that's starting to go bad, I have a whole section on produce that you can do with it, you know, and the same with dairy. Like I I know many times in my past where I would buy buttermilk for a recipe and then I would not use the rest of it because what do you use buttermilk for? Right. So it's things like that or that little bit of yogurt or just going into the pantry. I know my kids throw away, used to throw away 
if there was like a little bit of cereal left, I'm like, no, 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 we could do something with that. Oh, Let's I do something that. fun. There is always creative ways to use a little bit of something. It can go a long way, whether it's like that bottom of the bag of like chips or pretzels or something. I give you creative ways to use it instead of throwing it in the trash. I love that so much. So what's an example of something you would use? Like, I feel like I have, especially with a five-year-old at home, he'll like ask for snacks, you know, and like have like the pretzels or the little puffs Mm -hmm. or whatever, the little like dust. So what is something you would do with that? So pretzels, I have a great recipe where, and also I want to hone in on the fact that this book is very sort of a love letter to my childhood. So Mm. I shot it in a way where it feels very 70s, 80s, mm. just sort of my childhood. So a lot that. of the recipes are also going to give that sort of feel Yeah. to, you know, I mean, I remember my mom was like the queen of potlucks. Like we were always having neighborhood potlucks. So I love that. it wasn't my mom in particular, but I remember always somebody bringing like a pretzel cheese ball, you know, like it was the like very famous like cheese dip, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it yeah. was shaped like a ball. So I show you that you can use crackers or pretzels to kind of make a really fun cheese ball that my kids love That's with crackers really or fun. vegetables or or carrots or whatever, you know? That would be a great um, thing for a lunchbox, for a kid's lunchbox. Totally. You can make little ones too, which are really, really cute. You know, cute. I make a really big one in the in the book, but you can, it doesn't matter about the size. It's the same recipe. Yeah. I feel like little mini ones in like pretzels, I feel like for a so kid's cute. lunchbox would be yeah. great. Totally. You know, I'm glad you brought up your childhood because, you know, when I was thinking about this interview and I was thinking about you and I was just thinking about like growing up in the public eye, you really were of a certain time, like every guy's crush. You were on every wall, like you were like taped up with that like silly putty type of thing, like up on people's walls. And I was just thinking about that and what that might have felt like at that age. And I was just, I was wondering how that was for you, like really actually like looking back now, if that, Mm -hmm. you know, did that put pressure on you to kind of like uphold this certain standard of like being a very young person and then now like maybe not being able to age or any feelings that you have with that? I was curious if you had any. Yeah. It's funny. I, at the very beginning, it didn't really resonate with, with my brain and how people were proceeding. Cause I think when you're, when you're young and you're doing a TV show, you really do, you go to school on set and then you do this job and then you see that it goes on TV, but you don't really understand what it's doing to all the people that are watching it. Right. Yeah. And so it wasn't until the show really became quite widely successful. And we started really kind of seeing it in the teen magazines. And then they started having us tour all through the States. And then over in Europe, it became really, really big as well. We were like in 160 countries or something crazy like that. So it wasn't until a little bit later that I really started kind of understanding the impact of the show and these characters and, you know, me or Mark Paul or whoever, you know, on the show that really was kind of big, bigger than I ever kind of expected. And yeah, I think that age group too, like from, I started like right before I was like, I think it turned right to teen and no show went on for quite a few years. You know, that's a big chunk of changing. And I see that with my daughter now because she just turned 13 and I feel like every four weeks, I feel like she looks different, you know, like she's growing up so fast. And to do that in front of the camera is, is kind of, crazy because yes, we didn't have social media, thank God, but we had people talking, websites and magazines and things like that. And so I definitely felt my own personal pressure, I think, because I think kids do that anyways. Yeah. But then there was a definite added pressure of, of what people were saying or thinking. And I think I learned quite early enough, and it was something my mom told me that 
she's like, don't, don't put the energy into reading all that kind of stuff. Mm. It's not, it's not important. What's important is how you feel, how you perceive yourself, how you put yourself out there and you'll get the right message out, you know? And, and I, and, and it's true. It really is true. Cause I, I knew so many people and even later on in my life, in my early twenties and doing other TV shows where a lot of actresses and actors would read all that stuff and, right. and it almost fed them to a certain degree, bad or good. And I just, I've never understood the reasoning for that. I guess I, I, the curiosity is definitely there, but I don't know if it's real. It doesn't feel like it's, it's feeding you the right way, if that makes sense. It's like good and bad though. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be just the bad stuff you don't want to read. The good stuff too, like that's a lot to take in. Yeah, no, it you know? makes sense. I think that I, I either read somewhere or I was talking about it with someone at some point where it was like, I don't think our brains were ever really designed to walk into a room and assume that like all those people know like intimate details about your life and are really invested in you as a person. And I think that it is a hard thing to kind of grapple with and you do. Mm -hmm. And obviously I know you have such a, like a great family and your mom is such a source of strength in that way that like taught you like really, really grilled into you, like who you were. And I feel like you have such a strong sense of self. Just this idea that you are someone who is recognized everywhere, who like really was like a bunch of people's childhood crush. Do you ever feel like you were supposed to like not age or not, you know, change in in the ways of like, obviously you were a teenager. And so I was just curious if in terms of like aging and what we kind of put pressure on women to kind of like stay the same, basically. Right. Yes. I mean, look, it's funny. I had this conversation the other day about how when I was turning 40 and I'm going to be 50 next, right? When I was turning 40, I feel like I had more personal pressure on myself to Mm. look the best I could at 40, where at 50, you know, I'll be turning 50 next. Like, I feel very confident in knowing that I'm doing the best that I can. I'm trying to really put a sort of a good sort of sense of self to show my daughter that, you know, I take care of myself. I go to the gym. I mentally, you know, like all the things that are super, super important that I want to show my daughter and my son too. It's not just my daughter, but my daughter's more, you know, more there right now. And I feel so much more at ease Mm. now that I was even 10 years ago. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's me just not giving a shit. Oh, I love that. Or, you know what I mean? Or it's just me growing up and me being much more understanding of just who I am, which I think was always there because I do have great parents who've instilled really great values in me. But I definitely, it's a different, it's a different feeling this time around hitting a bigger, Mm. you know, a bigger birthday this time. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yes. I think People will say things, you know, and and maybe expect me to look a certain way. Yes, but I mean, it's just not realistic. I can only age the way I'm going to age, right? <laughs> I mean, well, I, I mean, be the best I can be, you know. And again, like I'm taking care of myself, been doing things that I know will benefit the the outside exterior of myself that people are seeing. Right, right. But yeah, those people don't know what's happening on the inside, right? That's of course, most, because that's what actually helps the outside. 
Absolutely. I think that it makes sense exactly what you said, which is that, you know, I wondered how that feels like if there is added pressure and it sounds like maybe there used to be and less so now. And now you're just kind of like, or now I just want to be the best version of myself for me. And like, if it happens to be like something that people are into, great, but that's not like what you're doing it for. I'm definitely not doing it for yeah. that, for sure. I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it for my kids, my husband. I want to be around as long as possible, of course, yeah. to be able to see my kids grow up and have kids of their own and all those things that are much more important to me now, where I think the pressure I had, again, like I go back to like my 40s and, you know, even my 30s too, where I just wasn't set yet. I guess yeah. I wasn't as, maybe my confidence wasn't 100% just yet. And I think also it had a lot to do with the fact that I had my kids in my late 30s and early 40s. So my body was changing so much. And hormonally and mentally, I was like, so I think that had a lot to do with not being totally set in feeling, you know, like I've got this and I'm good. And no matter what my body looks like or my face looks like, you know, I haven't had a sleep, you know, I just, you've lost sleep. You, you, there's so much going on when you're having your children, right? Yeah, of course. I'm past that now. And I'm at a good place where my kids are, it's my main concern right now is just raising happy, healthy kids that that. are going to, you know, do well for themselves and society. I love that. And I think the other interesting thing about that is saying, like, obviously you can look at someone who's like kind of the it girl of the moment and that's exactly what you were and like thinking like everything's perfect and they must feel amazing. And like you even saying that like at that time you weren't feeling amazing, which is such an interesting concept that like, you know, you never know. But I think everybody can say that. Yeah. Right. I mean, we can all say that. It's like the analogy when you were younger, I wanted curly hair, but my hair was straight. Or, you know, you're always wanting something you don't have. But I think that's part of building your own sort of confidence and your own self-worth and knowing like who you really are and what is important. Yeah. There's no importance in having curly hair if your hair is straight. Right. Yeah. There's people who have curly hair who want straight hair. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's kind of, all that stuff doesn't matter anymore as you get older. And that's just life experience. Totally. And I think the other thing and the piece of like, now you talking about raising your daughter and the whole social media conversation, everything. I was having this conversation yesterday with a client of mine who's like 22. And she's like stunning, not that it like matters, but she is. And I could see her you know, not feeling that. And Mm -hmm. I really wanted to shake her because I was just like, oh my God. You know, I think that you can go online and see a million girls that are all like stunning, stunning, stunning. And I think there's this concept that you, you find when you get older where you're like someone else's beauty and shininess doesn't take away from your own. Right. It's just all, it all exists out there together. Totally, totally. And also just no differently back in the day, like, it wasn't social media, but it was pictures and TV and all that kind of stuff. And it's not, a lot of it's not totally 100% real. It's not what everybody wakes up looking like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's, I try to show my daughter that too, because not that she's on social media, but you know, she sees things on YouTube or whatever. And, yeah. and I'm like, you know, it's so much more even advanced now with filters and makeup. I and, know. You know. It's like, it's just not, it's not real. It's like, you really does come from within. And that's why self-love is such a such an important aspect of, of, you know, really teaching people, kids in general, like that's what exudes out, right? That's what makes people beautiful on the outside. 
I completely agree. And I think it's a really important message. And I think it's really cool. Like, I know, I mean, you have a 13 year old. I actually, I saw your TikTok. It was really cute. She does look exactly like you. She is incorrect about that. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. She's so funny. Um, Yeah, no, I loved seeing that. And, you know, now, I mean, I loved your conversation about just like at 50 feeling really you and feeling really grounded. And I was just wondering if there's anything that you're doing right now to feel extra grounded, like anything that's feeling like an anchor for you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a few things that I've actually changed this year for myself that I would say would contribute to me feeling like the best. Right. And so you know, a lot of my old habits that I continue doing, which is like drinking water, making sure I get enough sleep. And, you know, those have always been a part of my sort of daily world that I know are extremely, extremely important to me to feeling as close to 100% as possible and going to the gym and exercising and, you know, all those types of things. I've recently fell in love and I used to do this years ago, but I've made it more of a almost, you know, probably four to five days a week. I'm, I'm ice bathing, which I know is oh. huge and popular very popular, you know, with a lot of people right now. And it's something that I've really gotten back into again. And so I, I'm totally addicted to it and I feel incredible. And I've also really laid off the drinking aspect, the alcohol, not that I ever like overly did it, but I've really cut down on the alcohol content, you know, and just really focus on eating a lot better, drinking less, you know, and making it more of a special occasion. And I feel so much better, so much better. I so those are two big, big so changes that much. I've made this last year that have really kind of impacted big time for me. I love that so much. My last question is, what is your favorite recipe from the book before we let oh, you go? That's so hard. There's so many great ones. I mean, my kids would pick out a couple and, you know, it's funny. I don't have, it's hard for me to say that I have a favorite. Yeah, know, truly. it's like your like, favorite child. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. It depends on what's in my fridge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like just the other day, I, I did a clear out of vegetables. Here's a great one for vegetables where I roasted all, every single vegetable I had left in my fridge because we were going to be going out of town. And so I made the clear out your fridge pasta salad, the vegetable I pasta salad with charred tomato dressing. And it's just delicious. Yum. Tiffany, thank you so much for being here. This was really meaningful and I, I loved it. Thanks for having me. Where can we find your book? Oh, the book is sold where every, pretty much where every book is sold, you know, most of the major popular places. You can actually go on my website or even just my link on my socials will have where you can actually buy the book as well. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Good Instincts. Hosted and written by me, Shira Barlow. You can find me on Instagram at Shira underscore RD. Good Instincts is a Dear Media Daily Today's episode is brought to us by Seed. I am a big fan of the Seed DS01 Daily Symbiotic. And I was thinking about it in terms of habit stacking. It's this idea that you can build a major habit by thinking about things small enough to get you started so it's not so overwhelming. So I have a client right now who really wants to take good care, but she forgets to take supplements. She forgets to take her probiotic. And she is someone that's always at her desk, but she's always drinking her tea. So we had her put her probiotic 
bottle right next to her tea. And every time she takes a sip, she remembers that it could be a good time to take her probiotic. And she has been so much more consistent with it. And the thing about it is gut health really does translate to overall health. And taking a daily probiotic is incredibly helpful. And it is great to pair it with something that you're already doing and feeling really good about. So it's a no-brainer for you. A daily probiotic is the one supplement that I do not forget. It is so important and I really do it to protect my gut lining and have that good bacteria diversity. It is so helpful for overall health. Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic is a plant-based prebiotic and probiotic with 24 strains that have been clinically or scientifically studied for its benefits. All the things that you really care about, they have thought about. There are no binders, no preservatives, and it is Prop 65 compliant. I like doing two capsules once a day on an empty stomach. Some people do it first thing in the morning, which would be like 30 minutes before your first meal. I actually like to do it at the end of the day, right before I go to sleep, because that's how I remember to do it. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash instincts and use the code instincts to redeem 30% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash instincts and use the code instincts. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.